welcome to episode 76 of the Never Ending Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly. And as I mentioned on the last episode, um, we're going to try to switch it up a little bit on how we're going to bring you all things fantasy football, sports, and entertainment here at the Never Ending Glory podcast. And I'm thrilled to debut uh, my good friend, uh, fellow footballer, actually got me into the Dynasty format, uh, Steve, Steve Reno Butler, to the the podcast. So, Steve, this is your debut. What do you have to tell the millions and millions of followers here at the Never Ending Glory podcast? I'm excited to be here. I'm I'm surprised it took 76 episodes to fill the red hair quota on your podcast. So, <laughs> well, I think I think Rue Rue's technically oh, okay. a ginger, and he was on episode 74. Oh, okay, so, um, it did it did take a little bit longer than than expected. So I'm not uh, even the first think... red hair. That makes me feel even less special. But well, you know, much like you know Jackie Robinson, Rue had to break the mold, and now yeah. you are the the new uh, the new crew of gingers coming into the Never Ending Glory podcast stronghold. But um, you know, Steve, we've been playing fantasy football for geez, I don't know about I think since like 2006, back in the days of the ATO Yahoo League. Yeah, um, I could so drink. Tell- I could drink three times as much beer back then. <laughs> um, tell the tell all our followers about your your fantasy football background and uh, you know what you can bring to to the podcast. Well, I've been playing fantasy football actually since I was in uh, probably middle school when you kept kept score on uh, scratch paper with the uh, sun with the uh, Monday newspaper. But uh, crazy, <laughs> it really started. Uh, you know, my good buddy Matt, who you know, we we started that dynasty league um, back. Six, we were sitting down just thinking about how we could make uh, our love for fantasy football and our love for uh, you know armchair GMing uh, how we could bring that all together and we and we thought about creating our own website back then and then we stumbled upon uh, my fantasy league the website we use now started our league and uh, inter- interesting mix of guys uh, a lot of rule changes over the years, but it's been <laughs> one of the best leagues I think uh, that I've seen. I don't know how you feel about it, but I think you feel the same. And um, you know, just bringing fantasy football together with being a GM and contract lengths and salaries and um, all that stuff. So uh, that's kind of where we're at, and we've been doing that for over two thousand nine. De- yeah, almost a decade now. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, Steve introduced me to to the Dynasty format. I I got the email. I remember sitting at work, and I got the email from Matt, the, the uh, commissioner of the league, uh, telling me about the rules of the league. And I think I was the first person to respond within at least three minutes that I was in. Um, and and Dynasty fantasy football adds just a whole other wrinkle um, into your strategy. Not only uh, looking at you know the current season, but the next two, three, four seasons. Um, and then on top of that, when you add the other wrinkle into it, the salary cap, which um, Steve in, in that league is currently struggling with his cap <laughs> management after a few poor moves. By design. Um, yes, it's true. Uh, tanking for the three-year tank, right. I think it is. That's right. We're, we're the 76ers. Trust, trust the process. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is a really cool, a really cool format. So uh, what we wanted to do, I think the the main reason why we wanted to get Steve on here, not only to talk about his Buffalo Bills uh, every now and again, but also to give uh, just some comments and thoughts on the dynasty landscape and, you know, not only talk about player value um, in dynasty, but also compare it to maybe a redraft or a daily fantasy league. Um, But tonight what we're going to focus on, because we have obviously the NFL draft coming up soon as well as free agency, uh, we're going to talk about the latest ADP, average draft uh, position 
that can actually be found at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Um, they're a really good website um, that has a huge following, uh, a huge member base, and also a, a pretty big staff that puts together the ADP. And at this point in the in the preseason um, or offseason, I guess, it's, it's, it's probably the only tool I'd say, Steve, that you can use to take a look at uh, player value um, because the landscape isn't really fully set yet. Um, but for all the guys that do have a team or have a contract, I think, you know, where they're going in the startup drafts is probably the best way to gauge your player value in trades or also in other sorts of negotiations. Would you say that's fair or off base? Or? No, I would say that's fair. And it's, and this is all, if you were starting a, a dynasty team today, right? Where, where you right. make your picks. So. Yeah, and we'll, we're going to talk about rookies coming up soon, but again, uh, a player's value can change dr- drastically once they get drafted, and we're not even going to touch that until the NFL draft, which I think is in April. Um, so tonight, we're just going to talk about some of the veterans, and I think we're, we have to touch on Saquon Barkley just a little bit uh, because he is ranked so high. But um, we're going through the February ADP, and again, you can find this at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. And so taking a look at the ADP based on the mock draft so far in February, what players do you think have really st- stood out to you as either being overvalued or undervalued so far? Yeah, so I think my biggest one, which uh, you know could be could be interesting discussion, but I'm just not on the Mike Evans bandwagon. Oh yeah, um, I never have been. Uh, although I had to look up his stats, I, I had already forgotten he had a great 2016. But uh, I just don't see him as a. I barely see him as a top end wide receiver one let alone the sixth mm-hmm. overall pick in a, in a dynasty league. So that stood out to me as just way overvalued, in, in my opinion. Um, I actually I agree with you 100% on that one. Um, Mike Evans has always been a player that does, um, you know, goes very early in drafts. He, he's in a first-round pick in almost every startup I've seen, yeah. whether it's mock or, or just regular draft. Um, and I, I don't get it at all. You're right. In 2016, he had a great season, ton of touchdowns. But that's the thing. I feel like he's very – he reminds me a lot of Vincent Jackson back in the day. I'm not saying that because they're on the same team. But I just – I think he was just far too touchdown dependent and far too QB dependent, whereas, you know, in the same position, right around sixth overall, you could pick up a guy like Antonio Brown, who's right there at five, or even Michael Thomas. Um, I guess he's kind of QB dependent too. You know, Julio Jones is going seven picks later at 13. Yeah. I feel like those are much safer bets if you want to start your draft off with a wide receiver. I agree. And are we even sure that Jameis Winston is a, is a good quarterback? I'm not even sure about that yet. I mean, he's good, but he's not, he's not uh, setting the world on fire. And you don't want, no. you know, with dynasties, you don't want to go necessarily with just one year of stats. But you do need to look at the most recent uh, data points. And if you compare Mike Evans, there's some players going – 60, 60 spots later that had the same same stat line as him. One that one that I want to get into later, but uh, I won't give away the spoiler. But ooh, uh, ooh. he's just hot sports take. Yeah, right it's there. a hot take for sure. But he's just way overvalued. <laughs> I totally agree. And I'm not sure. Uh, have you ever seen a team draft Mike Evans in the first round and make? A championship game? I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever seen him make. I don't think I've ever. Well, Vern did make it in our league, our other league. But uh, other than that, I don't think I've ever seen a team make the playoffs as Mike Evans. There's the hot take. If you draft Mike Evans, you're going to lose. Bottom line. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Butler bringing hot takes in night one, baby. Um, Another wide receiver who actually just had a really down season, and I'm curious on your take here. He's going 15th overall as Amari Cooper. Yeah. Um, You know, his first two years in the league, he was great, Uh, and then last year was a 
terrible year for Amari Cooper. And, I mean, the whole Oakland offense took a step back. But do you believe the hype in Amari Cooper? Do you think he's still worth, you know, a late first, early second round pick at 15th overall? It seems a little high, but I do I do kind of believe in Amari Cooper. Um, we're not sure, right, what's going on with Crabtree. Um, so right. that's something to think about. But I, but I believe in Derek Carr more than I believe in Jameis Winston uh, if we're comparing those mm-hmm. two players. So I think Cooper will bounce back. Uh, I'm definitely targeting uh, Cooper in uh, one of our dynasty leagues uh, as a, hopefully a buy-low a buy candidate. Uh, <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, buy lower than he should have been. Uh, <laughs> but I think he's going to bounce back. I mean, he's, he's got great ability, and they're going to throw the ball, and he's going to be the guy. So I think he's going to put up numbers. And he's not quite as touchdown dependent. He, he may be as big play dependent, but mm-hmm. um, he's, a, he's a target hog, I think, or he, he will be next year. Yeah. So uh, I, I think another, and, and we're going to talk about just because we're early on this conversation, some of the, the top end talent. Um, but if you're looking at the top two picks in ADP, and usually in the dynasty format, owners tend to lean towards wide receivers more because they have a longer shelf life than running backs. But right now, Odell Beckham and DeAndre Hopkins are one, two. But the one guy sitting there at five is Antonio Brown, who consistently, when healthy, puts up top-tier, number-one receiver numbers. Um, obviously, Antonio, Bell, little bit long, or Antonio Brown, a little bit longer in the tooth, 29 years old, two Odell's, 25, as well as DeAndre Hopkins, age 25. If you're sitting at you know one, two, or three, and all three guys are on the board, who's your pick at number one overall? Well, my pick is probably not any of those three guys, but out of those three guys, oh, uh, I'm, I'm okay. going with Todd Gurley. Uh, if I'm Ooh, picking number one overall, but uh, I actually would pick Antonio Brown out of those three, and I think age is obviously the reason for the rankings. I think, but yeah, I don't. I think if you're gonna uh, downgrade somebody in dynasty rankings because of their age, it should be because they've only got a couple years left. Uh, okay. I would imagine that Antonio Brown. I guess you never know, but to me, I'm I'm thinking he's going to be uh, a stud for at least another five seasons. And that's good enough. Wow. That's good enough for me to, to take him. Thirty-five-year-old wide receiver is still going to be a stud. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. Okay. How old All right. was All right. Calvin Johnson at the end of his career? I think he's only like twenty-nine when he retired. Oh, God. He just got. He, he, he got so tired. much older. <laughs> well, that's because he got the <laughs> crap kicked out of him every few I, years. I don't know. He's he's not showing any signs of slowing down. And now you're he, right. He, one thing to consider, I guess, would be Ben Roethlisberger. So maybe when he loses True. the quarterback. It looks like Ben Roethlisberger is going to be there for three more years, yeah. at least that's what he said. And but, you know, Antonio has put up big numbers even when Roethlisberger takes a seat. And Odell has the same issue with his quarterback. So um, yeah. it's not like, if anything, Hopkins might be the one to, to take a look at because you got Watson sitting there and they'll be True. hooking up for years to come. So. I'll be, uh, be hooking up, huh? That sounds sexy. <laughs> but also, and, and DeAndre did it with, with Tom Savage a lot this year, too. So there's there another uh, carousel at quarterback this year once Watson went down with that injury. So I think, if anybody, we know for a fact that DeAndre Hopkins can be quarterback-proof. However, he did struggle last year, but yeah. had a huge bounce-back season this year. So interestingly enough, you said that Todd Gurley is your, <laughs> is your, <laughs> is your running back of choice. <laughs> um so obviously he had the amazing year this year with Sean McVay, and I, I don't want to say it's a no-brainer that he's number one. He doesn't have any baggage. He doesn't have a huge injury history. Obviously he had the ACL in college, but he's shown that he can be the workhorse back in the NFL. So if Todd Gurley is your number one, who's your number two running back behind him? That's a great question. I think it would be Zeke. So I think yeah. I think I agree with those rankings. Um, 
Zeke, when he plays, he's a, he's a, a game breaker and that team's totally different with him in the game. And if you look who's behind there, you got Le'Veon Bell, who is, he's not old, but he's getting older. He's got his contract situation. He caused some noise last year. I'm not sure what's going to go on with him. David Johnson coming off an injury. Uh, those guys to me have a little bit of risk tag to them. So I think I would, I would go with Zeke. Okay. See, I, I disagree. Okay. I think you're talking about risk, and we just saw Zeke get an eight-game suspension or six-game suspension, whatever it was. That is a risk. Uh, one more strike, and he's out for the season. We saw that that game be played with Justin Blackman and uh, Josh Gordon. So I'm, I'm staying away from Zeke here. Uh, I, I want to say Le'Veon Bell because he's uh, de facto wide receiver one and RB1, but even though he's 26, just like David Johnson, he's been in the league for a few more years. He's he's had a hundreds hundreds to thousands more touches more than David Johnson. Um, so I'm actually going to go with David Johnson as my number two running back here. Though I will say I do have some concerns oh, with injury. Bruce Arians. Well, yeah, he had a, he had a wrist injury, which the upper body injuries really don't bother me. Okay. It's the lower body stuff I take a look at. But I am nervous that uh, Bruce Arians is going to be out of Arizona, obviously. He retired the head coach. So will the offense be the same where it's going to be predicated on giving David Johnson 70, 80 catches? That's huge in PPR, obviously. So I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind. But I guess when it comes down to it, if you look at any of these running backs, if you look at Alvin Kamara, Cream uh, Hunt, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, all these guys are going to be taking the top two rounds in startup drafts. And really, all of them except for Todd Gurley have a huge question mark. So while Gurley's a safe bet, you're, you're going to get a little bit of risk uh, no matter where you go, I think, at the running back one position. And that's probably also a big reason why you see wide receivers go ahead of the running backs when it comes to to draft time. Yeah. Um, is it, so. Just out of curiosity, is there any chance that Le'Veon Bell is not a stealer next year? The only way I could see him not be a stealer is if he is just commanding stupid money annually, saying $20 million a year, quarterback money, yeah. you know, elite wide receiver money, which is $15, $16 million a year, which I think he kind of deserves. You know, if he didn't have those red flags, I think the Steelers would sign him to those deals. However, I don't know if they can afford him. Yeah. If they can afford another, you know, it, it's they got. Um, Antonio Bryant, I'm sorry, Antonio Brown signed to a big contract. Ben Roethlisberger signed to a big contract. Uh, Brown's contract's going to be up soon, so I'm sure he's going to be wanting to get big money uh, before he retires. So I don't know if they want to give a guy like Le'Veon Bell who has attitude issues, has you know marijuana-related charges before. Uh, he missed most of the walkthrough against the Jags in the AFC Divisional round. I don't know if they want to tie to him long-term. Um, and to be honest, I don't blame them if they don't. But there's obviously going to be a huge hole in that offense if they not only lose, you know, they're obviously they're losing their offensive coordinator Haley, yeah. but now they'll be losing um, uh, Le'Veon Bell potentially too. But in the end, I think they they'll probably tag him. Worst case scenario, pay him twenty million dollars just for one year, and maybe try to hash out a long term deal. Um, I don't know. That, we'll see. That's probably what they'll do. But they might remember they weren't that much worse off with D'Angelo Williams over. True, true, and, and he was he was probably 32, 33 at the time, and he played really well. So, you know, maybe they could find a cheap option in in free agency. I mean, Carlos Hyde is going to be a free agent. Yeah. Um, I can't think of the rookie, the running back free agents off the top of my head. That'll be that'll be a episode where we'll really dig <laughs> so deep into. So deep. 
<laughs> um, but another running back who, and I mentioned at the top of the top of the episode, sitting at twelve, according to the DLF ADP, is Saquon Barkley, rookie out of Penn State. So obviously we don't know where he's going to go. He's probably going to be drafted in the top five, top ten, the latest. And you know we saw the the rookie running backs blow up this year with Fournette, Cook, Hunt, Kamara, um, McCaffrey. Was that the Zeke Elliott the year before? Do you have the balls to take Saquon Barkley in the first round of your startup? Because well, I don't. I don't. First I don't. Of all, was was 2017 rookie draft the greatest rookie draft of all time? It was. It was pretty good. The wideouts were a little meh. I mean, Cooper Cup's number one, but the running backs are pretty damn good. It's incredible. Um, but then again, but then again, after the RG three Andrew Luck Trent Richardson Doug Martin draft. <laughs> We thought we had the you know the next four guys at the top of your draft, so That's true. you never know. Things change Things very change quickly in, year, in the NFL. Yeah. Saquon Barkley looks amazing uh, yeah. when I watch him, but you you gotta wait to see where he goes because if he goes to Cleveland, his his number drops <laughs> by at least double digits. Has to, has to. <laughs> um, so I, I personally, I'm I, you know I'm staying away from Saquon, but if he's Zeke and you're getting him at twelve. That's, that's pretty good. Why are you staying away pretty, from Pretty good. Why are you staying away from them? I just I don't trust rookies. I mean, these guys come into the NFL with so much hype, and you want to rely on them, but it's it's kind of tough to, I feel like. You know, we saw we saw Kareem Hunt take a step back towards the end of the season. Leonard Fournette, you know, he everybody knew he was going to be dinged up going into the season, or it had the potential to be, be dinged up due to his history in college. But and he and we saw him miss two or three games this year. Joe Mixon was a huge quote unquote stud, and he did absolutely nothing this year for the Bengals. So I feel like every time, and you know, you know this when you're drafting in the first round of a rookie draft in Dynasty, you know those those rookies are what's their hit potential or their hit rate? One out of two, one out of three, it's turn really, into solid starters for you. Really low, yeah. Although, like again, last year's draft I think was pretty great, but that's that's an yeah. anomaly. I mean, normally it's yeah, yeah I'd say twenty five percent success rate. Well, and then and then what about what about Odell Beckham's rookie year with the, all those wideouts? I mean, they had Odell Beckham. I think Jordan Matthews was in that class. Um, I'm blanking on the other. Kelvin Benjamin was in that class. Keenan Allen, I think, was in that class, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And and, and everybody said this is a historic wide receiver class. And really, I mean, we haven't seen a ton of talent come out of that long term. I mean, obviously Odell's a stud. Slums, a lot of, yeah. Right, yeah, right. So, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with those guys because it was a good Yeah. I don't I don't I don't see a lot of them dropping off, but I guess we don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. Kamara. Kamara's the one I like the best out of there. Kamara Hey, you he's trying your, to get out? You trying to get guy. him from me? He's your guy. I yeah. Know. He's a he's a great I was player. able I was able to so looking back to, to let all listeners know in our salary cap league, I was able to trade Devontae Adams, who's on a two year seventy five dollar deal on a um in a thousand dollar salary cap. I got him I got I traded him for the eighth overall pick and I took Alvin Kamara, signed to a three year deal of forty dollars, uh, with the extension of uh, in year four and five at a hundred dollars. So, you know, after we look at that trade, Steve where do you think I, I land? Because Kamara going tenth overall, and we have Devontae Adams going sixteenth overall. So still, they're going to get drafted, you know, right around the same area. But you know, do you think I guess Alvin Kamara has this long term potential to be a stud? And is Devontae Adams a touchdown guy, or is he a true wide receiver one possession player? I like Kamara over Adams, 
Yeah. Um, but the, it's a really interesting argument because I think they're both quarterback dependent. Um, even though Kamara is a running back, uh, he, I, I disagree. I see. I actually totally disagree with okay. that. I, I think. I think we actually saw Devontae Adams play fairly well. He was the only receiver in Green Bay that was worth a damn when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Um, but I do think he. I think he is more quarterback dependent than. Uh, Kamara. I think Kamara is just one of the most explosive players in the NFL, and he got, makes guys miss at a historical rate. I agree with that, but that that whole offense is is. I don't know what happens when you take Drew Brees out of that offense, and he is a he is a great playmaker. But um, well, they based their offense around the run this year, though. I think did. they tried to throw the ball, they and did. it didn't do much. Then they said Ingram and Kamara. Here you go. Once they got rid of AP, you know, it was the Ingram and Kamara show. So I see what you're saying, though. Maybe the threat of Drew Brees not being there yeah, exactly. could change the defenses. I could see that. But it seems like this year they just were were focusing on the run far more than the pass. And is that a product of defenses, you know, being soft on run coverage versus pass coverage because Drew Brees is there? Maybe. I don't know. I think they uh, ran I'd have for to... like 400 yards against the Bills. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that was right after they traded Darius, that's, right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's go wide receiver real quick because I'm taking a look at a couple players on the same team, and the discrepancy that I'm seeing is is foolish in my mind. And maybe it's age-related, um, or maybe it's just simply racist. But Stefan Diggs at 22 versus Adam Thielen at 31. Hasn't Adam Thielen the past two seasons shown that he's a more consistent and productive wide receiver than Stefan Diggs? Thielen is grossly underrated. Right. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to get ranked at his true value. Uh, I guess the one thing would be touchdowns, maybe. Uh, he's not yeah. as strong with touchdowns, but he – I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think he led the Vikings in targets most of yeah, the time. Yeah, um, uh, well, they put, him, they put him in the slot a lot, which was surprising because that was always um, Diggs' spot. Yeah. And – with that, um, he obviously saw a ton more targets than he would have on the outside. Um, and his catch, just trying to pull it up right his now. His catch rate is high too. So I mean, he's a product production machine. Right. So I would I would take Thielen all all day over over Diggs. Diggs maybe is a bigger play guy, but um, I'm going to shade towards consistency over over Boomer Bust. Uh, yeah. So so last year Thielen had a ridiculous 143 targets. Yeah. To um, Stefan Diggs is 95. Granted, Diggs missed two games with an injury, uh, so that will obviously have an impact on it. But, you know, Diggs finished with 64, 849, and eight touchdowns to Thielen's 91, 1277, and four touchdowns. Now, again, not to, not to be racist, but is he on the same exact track as Jordy Nelson? Just underrated. Well, Nobody knows who this guy is, and all of a sudden, hey, everybody's drafting him in the second round. While we're on the topic, let's throw Cooper Cup into that discussion. <laughs> he's right. He's right in the same boat, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, I think he is. I think that. I think that uh, Thielen, to me, he could be considered a, a wide receiver one, maybe on the low end, but he's probably better suited for a wide receiver two. But if you're not getting one of the top guys. Uh, you can count on them. Now, their quarterback situation is very questionable. Mm. Um, I would love to see Kirk Cousins go there. I want something. Kirk Cousins either in Minnesota or Denver for fantasy purposes. Obviously, I don't want him going as being a Patriots fan, yes. but I think that he would be awesome in either place. Good defense, great receivers, solid run game, 
the 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 Vikings should be just backing up the Brinks truck for uh, for Kirk Cousins. I think. I think so too, and, and I think they will. But again, I still don't see Thielen ever becoming a touchdown guy. And Jordy Nelson, yeah. you could count on for some touchdown production. True, but but he does have he gets the targets, not red zone. I mean, I think Kyle Rudolph is a big reason why he doesn't get as many uh, red zone targets. But he doesn't get a ton of red zone targets. However. He's explosive. I mean, we saw that like seventy-yard play. I think yeah. um, one of those games this year where he just took it to the house for a touchdown. Like he has a big playability, um, and, so I think he can get in the touchdown in, into the end zone. But you're right; he'll never be a twelve to fourteen touchdown guy. But if you're in a PPR league, that's almost as good. Um, oh yeah. So kind of depends. Ninety-one catches. He started off the season. What was it? Um, pull it up real quick. He started off the season. It wasn't until week thirteen that he had less than five catches. <laughs> like yeah, that's exactly. ridiculous. So now, so when, you he, when the great Laquan Treadwell Treadwell emerges, you just watch <laughs> out. I don't know whose production's gonna suffer, but <laughs> Yeah. Uh that was one of uh Steve's blunders was taking Treadwell uh in our salary cap league where he's he's struggling to 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 cut cap. I think but, we might uh, have to do like a, a segment on the rookie draft where I come on and tell everybody what not to do based on my <laughs> historical picks. <laughs> I mean, mine aren't that much better. I did take Jermaine Gresham in the first round one year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a big oopsies. Well, um, we we've already gone, what's he got? We've already gone long enough into the podcast without me hating on the Patriots. So let's talk about Brandon Cooks for a second. You know, that's fair. I was actually gonna I was gonna bring him up. What are your thoughts? I I gotta think he's been a huge disappointment to to all you Pats fans. I mean, I take him first overall in all in all fantasy formats. Uh. <laughs> Second half of the season, uh, he was he almost disappeared. Yeah, yeah. See, what's frustrating with him is it's one of those things where you're watching the game, and every time there's a penalty against him, you're like, oh, why can't I just get that penalty yardage yeah. and fantasy points? You know, there was. I mean, he finished with a respectable 65 catches, uh, just under 1,100 yards, and seven touchdowns, but. It was very – I don't want to say – like there was one game, you know, two catches, 17 yards, one catch, 38 yards, two catches, 19 yards. It's just those – when you're drafting him, he's currently going 21st overall. When you're drafting him 21st, you're expecting to get more of the likes of yeah. six catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown, four for 16 and a touch. But, again, it goes back to how many times does he get – does he beat the defender – and then all of a sudden, a defender just you know grabs him, holding penalty, and he doesn't get the yards. It's, it's so frustrating because I I looked at the numbers, um, and it's something like if you take all of his rushing stats, receiving stats, and then yardage of penalties uh, forced, he had like something like 1,300, 1,400 yards, and he would have been the second or third highest Tom Brady production receiver ever. So it's it's. That's that's yeah. next level analytics you got going on. There. Yeah, that's what we do here at the Never Ending Glory <laughs> podcast, Steve. I love stats. Yeah. You know that. Uh, so, you know, he has been a disappointment in fantasy. I I took him. I the whole world knows where I drafted him and Tom Brady this year in our, our redraft league, and that ended poorly for me. Um, he's been disappointing, and I'm surprised to see him still so high at 21. Granted, he's 24. He'll be 25 in September. But, I mean, personally, I take Adam Thielen over him at this point. Um, I'd probably take a chance on a guy like Corey Davis over him. I mean, Jarvis Landy's a PPR stud. 
Derrick Henry is poised for a big role in Tennessee this year. Travis Kelsey is probably the number one tight end in fantasy or dynasty, not knowing what's going on on with Gronk long term. I mean, there's a lot of players I would definitely take over Brandon Cooks. Would you rather have Brandon Cooks or Juju Smith-Schuster? I'd rather have Brandon Cooks over Juju. Really? I think think we go back to the conversation about – you know, Juju, who right now is crazy being drafted at 36, which I think is way too high for him. Yeah, he was really good at spurts last year, but he also disappeared. Uh, Antonio Brown's going to be getting 12 to 13 targets a game. Le'Veon Bell, if he's still there, will be getting 10 targets a game. Martavis is going to take four or five targets a game. If Ben Roethlisberger retires, like you mentioned, what's going to happen? Uh, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is really good, and he's very young too, which is obviously a huge feather in his cap for Dynasty. But I, I still think that I don't think he's there yet. And give me give me Brandon Cooks over him. But but would I take Juju over a guy like T. Y. Hilton right now, who's twenty eight and has questionable quarterback play? Probably. Um we got Joe Mixon at thirty. Would I take Juju over him? Maybe. Allen Robinson, who's at twenty five. Too high. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's way too it. Coming off twenty CL. And Blake Bortles still stinks. Yeah, although Blake Bortles, uh, second half of the season last year, top five fantasy quarterback. He was solid. <laughs> he was solid. He was solid. Now, Josh Gordon's going 43, though. No. Are you taking Josh Gordon at 43? That's crazy. Oh, uh, in a dynasty format, that's a tough, tough sell. I mean, he's a great-looking player. You know the potential that's there. Um, but like you said earlier, you're one one. Behavioral Puff. issue away from purgatory, <laughs> uh, which is likely to happen at some point given his history. And then you exactly. throw on the Cleveland Browns factor, and that is just a, a high risk situation. Um, but I think I will so, roll the dice on Josh Gordon, uh, probably with my third or fourth round, uh, probably fourth round look is where I would probably look at him. Okay. Let's dig into the uh, the sixties. You know, let's let's get into like the fourth, fifth, sixth round of of dynasty drafts. Uh, are there any players that are sticking out as either you know great values or you're, you're staying away from them at that point? I am all in on Cooper Cup. <laughs> Not only because I own him, but the guy's a great player uh, in my opinion. He's young. He's very he's got per- lots of heart, very lots of grit. Great, and his target. His target share was high, and his catch rate was one of the highest I've ever seen. I think he caught something like 80-plus percent of his targets, Yeah. Um, which I don't know if that means he's just got great hands or he's wide open all the time, but uh, he's in a great <laughs> offense, um, which I don't see that going away. I mean, you got McVay's a young coach. Goff's a young quarterback. Gurley's a stud. He's young. Um, that's not going away, and if anything, mm-hmm. probably Sammy Watkins is going away. Uh, which yeah. will only solidify his place, which I think he's already solidified. But um, I think he's going to get more targets, more catches, more yards, and they look at him in the red zone. Um, mm-hmm. So to me, I could see him being a 70-plus catch, 900-plus yard, uh, six or seven touchdown guy. And if, if, that, if yeah. that were the case, he should be going in the, in the 40s or 30s or 40s yeah. probably. Yeah, he's going 59 right now, according to this ADP. And I agree with that. But I, I, I think, you know, I think the Rams are going to keep Sammy Watkins. They don't give up a second-round pick if they're just going to keep him for a year. Uh, obviously, he struggled this year. Watkins really didn't do much on the field. But I think it's kind of tough to come into a brand-new offense. 
Uh, and oddly enough, the, the two Bills receivers, him and Robert Woods, <laughs> uh, head over to L.A. And all of a sudden, Robert Woods turns into this yeah. you know, p- potential all-pro <laughs> at some points in the game and the season. Um, but I actually no, I do think that they're going to try to hold on to Watkins because Cup is cheap money. Uh, compared to other receivers, Woods is cheap money. They can afford to pay to pay uh, Watkins, and I, I do think that actually helps Cooper Cup. If you have two solid receivers on the outside and Watkins and Wood Woods, then that allows Cup to roam the middle on the slot, which I think he excels at. So, but I agree. I think he's undervalued. Uh, I didn't expect him to play as well as he did. He's a little bit older for a rookie. He is twenty four. He will t- uh, turn twenty five into the season, but. Looking in this area, a player that I really like too at 61 is Tevin Coleman. And I know he had a little bit of a down season this year once, um, uh, what's the guy? Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan left and the, the drunk uh, Steve Sarkeesian <laughs> came in and just ran one of the worst offenses I've ever seen. Uh, so that whole offense took a step back. But I'm looking at, you know, we're talking the dynasty format, so we're looking down the line. Honestly, I think Tevin Coleman's going to be on another team after his contract runs out in 2019. His contract's up next year. Uh, I would love to see. I honestly think he's a he's a young Shady. I think that he can be what Shady McCoy is, given the opportunity. Um, if he's able to stay healthy, obviously, it's been a huge issue with him throughout his college and pro career. If he can stay healthy, I see no reason why he couldn't be a thousand yard back and catch 50 balls in the right scenario. Yeah, I agree with that. The problem with Tevin Campbell or Tevin Coleman, I mean, Tevin Campbell, great singer. From oh, oh yeah, wow. <laughs> Tevin Coleman <laughs> uh, is how how high of a pick are you going to invest in him in a dynasty format mm-hmm. waiting yeah. on that to happen? Because uh, right. he's in a timeshare, although they were giving him more looks last year, I think, than before. So it seems like the share is changing. Uh, but I agree the potential is there. If you, have, if you have the patience and can wait for Tevin Coleman to land wherever he's going to land, then – I mm-hmm. think you're going to wind up uh, liking liking where you're at. Yeah, they have you know Devonta Freeman signed a huge contract, so I just don't see them investing big money in two running backs. And I think Coleman has shown he's got the tape to show that he deserves to get paid. So you're right. I mean, the question is, you know, if he's going 61 and you have him and you're holding on to him, you know, what are you commanding? On the trade market for him, yeah. I know I have him in one of our leagues, and I I won't give him up for anything less than the fourth overall pick. And I, I'm I'm sure I'll never get anybody to take that deal, but I also think that he's got a ton of potential. So the only way I'm selling him at this point is if I'm going to get some sort of value that you know outweighs what I think he can do uh, in the next three four years on a new team. Yeah. What about Deshaun Watson? What do we make of Deshaun Watson? Quarterbacks often aren't looked at as high or valued mm-hmm. as high, but when he played, man, that was next level stats. What, what are you putting Deshaun Watson at? Oh, no, you just sounded like John Gruden right there. You're like when he played, man, <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah. He's going forth uh, from quarterbacks behind Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. Obviously the youngest out of that crew at age 22, he's going 64th overall. I think that at that point, you know, if you're doing your draft, you're in the fifth round, fourth round, you see, all right, I got a running back or two, I got a wide receiver or two. In order to get a player that, granted, coming off an ACL, which sucks, but you are able to grab a guy like uh, Sean Watson and have him as your quarterback, maybe not the beginning of next year as he recovers from that ACL, but have him long-term with some young stud wide receivers or running backs, I think that's a great, great strategy. And on top of that, 
you can get a guy late in the draft like Drew Brees or Matt Ryan or Roethlisberger to be your quarterback yeah. in case uh, of emergency if, if Deshaun isn't able to go week one. And even if he isn't the same player this year, you know those three guys will be low-end QB1s for you for most of the season. So I think that's pretty fair value for him at 64. Um, you know, the next quarterback up is Cam Newton at 82. Big, I think big that drop off the, at that point, it seems. Yeah, huge drop because it's it's interesting. It's they're, they're clustered. I mean, Carson Wentz is going at forty nine. Carson uh, Aaron Rodgers at fifty. Russell Wilson at fifty six. Deshaun Watson at sixty four. So those are all kind of within the same same range. Then they have a huge drop. Cam Newton at eighty two. Jimmy Garoppolo eighty seven. Uh, Jared Goff at ninety four. Both Garoppolo and Goff were on your team uh, last season. You traded them to me. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but I got Mike, Steve. Steve's actually. I, I got Mike Williams, so it's all fine. Oh, so that worked out well for you. <laughs> I liken Steve to our, our, our friend of the program, Jeff Fisher. Um, once he gets rid of all the quarterbacks, they turn to stars in this this one salary cap league. But uh, the interesting thing, though, is Andrew Luck is going 97. That's a huge boomer yeah. bust pick right there. You know, I think that's pretty good value. With Frank Reich at the helm now, that's uh, – Oh, yeah. I'd say he's going to make – I think that's great value. Um, he's been off for plenty of time. He should be fully healed, I would hope. Um I like that pick. I like because because I, I think there's a big drop off there after the top four, and even two of the top four are coming off injuries with yeah. uh, Wentz and Watson and Cam Newton. That's a pick that I probably, even though I have him on my team, I probably wouldn't make that pick. Uh, so I'd be looking <laughs> at Andrew Luck, uh, at maybe even a little higher than they've got him there. Yeah, I think it's pretty fair value for him. Yeah, uh, you you mentioned Mike Williams, and he's going at 71, right behind your boy Shady at 70. Are those fair values for both players? Because I feel like with LaShawn McCoy, I, I honestly, I think he's going to fall off the cliff after this season. I think this is his last season uh, of being elite RB1. He's 29. He's gonna. I think he's the prototypical 30-year-old running back that's just going to fall off the cliff because of overusage. And then to Mike Williams' point, you know, the guy came out as the p- most polished prospect um, in – you know, in football last year for as a wide receiver, and obviously he had the back issue, so he missed a lot of time. And I think it's really tough for a player to kind of get up and go after missing most of the season or the preseason. So, personally, I think Mike Williams is undervalued, and I think LaShawn McCoy is is, is overvalued. What are your thoughts on that? Am I my way off? Right well, on. Sp- I know I'm on point. I know. <laughs> I mean, you always are. McCoy is an interesting case because I was actually thinking about him uh, earlier today and. At first, I, I was going to say that he was undervalued because if you can get, you know, a stud running back in the what would potentially be the sixth round, fifth or sixth round here, uh, you might pull that trigger. And I think he's got more than one year. I think he's probably got two, maybe three years left. Um, but then I started thinking about our original uh, dynasty draft and not quite the same player, but similar. I drafted uh, Westbrook uh, oh, early on. Yeah. He was 30 years old. Uh, and within a year, he was damn near out of the league. So uh, <laughs> I don't think you want to spend top picks on aging running backs, especially those that rely on their agility the way that he does. Um, so I think that's probably the right spot for him because, you know, you could say that he's overvalued because of the things I just mentioned, but you could also say that you could get a potentially top 10 player for the first or second year uh, in the fifth or sixth round, and I think you would take that. His usage rate is incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. So as long as he still has it, he's going to put up big points. 
That's a good point. Um, so I think he's probably right in the right spot. And Mike Williams, uh, who knows? I mean, I w- I'm going to say that he's probably overvalued there. Um, oh, wow. Because he hasn't shown anything. He's been injured, and I, I don't know the status of that injury. It kept nagging uh, at him, and it could continue to nag at him. Uh, you got, by the time he's ready to roll, where's Phillip Rivers going to be? Uh, what's going to go on with that offense? So I'm, I'm as a Mike Williams owner, I am very concerned. Uh, and I'm not <laughs> sure that I would touch him with, with the draft pick at this point. Okay. So I think it's about time we wrap this up. Um, but before we do that, I, I have to mention, I think the most undervalued player in the draft in ADP is at 202, Jeremy Hill running back. Thoughts, questions, comments, concerns? I have a lot of concerns. <laughs> we don't have enough time. I love Jeremy Hill. Concerns, but you love Jeremy Hill. Uh, he had one good season, and I don't know if he'll be in the league much longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's going to go on, go, uh, go to greener pastures here in uh, in the NFL. He's a free agent this year, decided not to sign or re-sign with the, um, the Bengals. I th- actually think he went on the IR or took a surgery much to their chagrin, so I just think it's going to get real messy with them. But uh, I still think he's got potential to be a starting running back in the league. Then again, I, I thought Stephen Ridley was going to be uh, a starting running back for Jeremy about Hill five, is six the more new years. Stephen Ridley. Yes, I will give you that. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, Steve, before we close this episode, um, you know, like I said, I, I'm looking forward to having you on so we can banter about more and more of this dynasty stuff because uh, you know this is pretty much just going to be our text messages just uh, in audio form. Yeah. And, and and a little cleaner. Yes, for, for a tad home, bit cleaner. For the kids at home. <laughs> for the big kids in the back. <laughs> well, this was great. I appreciate, appreciate you having me on. I love talking about this stuff, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So be sure to follow the Never Ending Glory podcast on Twitter at NEG Podcast. I lied. It's actually at Glory Podcast. You can send us emails at negpodcast at gmail.com. And as I've mentioned, we are going to be getting a new website here. The website address is going to be negpodcast.com. Um, Steve has, has agreed to potentially put some words on paper and talk about his beloved Buffalo Bills every now and again and maybe do a little bit of the uh, the stat geek stuff when he has the time. Um, so we're just going to continue to roll out as much content as possible, not only um, in audio form but also uh, on the website. So be sure to keep an eye on that. And, of course, find us on Facebook, Never Any Glory Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a share. Tell all your friends. And um, Steve Arino, I'm sure we'll be talking soon as we continue in the uh, the offseason and look forward to not only chatting about where free agents go, but also draft spots and uh, the fantasy football implications, which I'm sure you'll be keeping your close watch on. Absolutely. As a, as a rebuilding dynasty team, we've got to have our year <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> yes. So with that, we're out, and we'll talk to you guys next time.